Hey race fans, welcome to Talking Stock. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode number eight of Talking Stock. Appreciate you guys tuning in. I'm here with my co-host Trey. Trey, how you doing? Feeling better now that we're recording. Uh, this is one of those weird weeks throughout the year that uh, not too many sports on TV. So it's kind of been a lot the last couple of days. We had the MLB All-Star Game and Home Run Derby, but feels good to be talking some sports. Yeah, definitely. Especially filling up the baseball off day today. It's July the 12th, a Wednesday, our usual recording day. Before we get too far into it, I'd like to always give a shout out to everyone behind the scenes making our editing happen. And as always, our fellas over at Novus playing us in every week. Really good stuff from them. But Trey, we got some breaking news to talk about. Yesterday, it really, really piled in. I, I think Bob Pockris described it as the worst kept secret in the sport, and that's Bush Light, Anheuser-Busch going to Ross Chastain and Trackhouse. Yes, for a rising star. I know we've had some of our own opinions on, on Ross, but I think he he is the f- part of the future of this sport. So getting a major sponsor like Bush um it is great for him great for that team that track house team is expanding we saw a couple weeks ago in chicago with that that project 91 team getting the win um so super exciting to see that for him uh maybe not the best move for shr but great for track house yeah certainly and kind of we were talking about this the other day trey it's it's moments that build a star but there's a couple other factors there's car speed there's in this case it's the sponsor when you think of iconic drivers you think of the Lowe's 48 uh, obviously for longevity you think of the fedex 11 car you think of kyle bush's 18 mars car we've had the moment we've got the the hail melon we've got the on-track incidents but now we've got a car not, nothing against worldwide express which has been a really good sponsor for track house and i i believe is probably going to stick with track house and ross chastain is we have a the one of the premier premier cars one of the most historical Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch, it's all the same umbrella. I mean, this is a major get for Trackhouse, and this is all a part of that rising star for Ross Chastain. You have the Hail Melon. You have now this car that you look at, and Bushlight is super, super involved weekly with putting out new products and how they're you know marketing like the Bush Peach where they've done the Dog Brew or at Bush Apple and you know different designs. It's good for the sport, and it's good for making star drivers. And while I've been on the, you know, um, the receiving end of some bad Ross Chastain stuff, he's good for NASCAR. And I, I really, I think it's an exciting partnership that just started. Yeah. I mean, Bush Light is a premier sponsor in the sport. It's recognizable on the track. People associate, will eventually associate Ross with Bush Light, um, you know, being the spawn, one of the premier um, beer sponsors for the sport. Everyone is going to, to know Ross Chastain if you don't already. Um, so making a, of a superstar there. Yeah. I think this is all part of his stock and man, where it goes over the next 10 years or so I'm excited to watch. Cause I think it's going to be really great for NASCAR, but moving on off the, uh, off the news that kind of happened during the week, let's get into the race week. And I thought it was fantastic racing at Atlanta and we get win number four for the 24. So that's the double the win total for Byron coming into the season. He's had this so much success during the season. I think he's had some really fortunate breaks. 
which clearly came through on Sunday. But I think the racing that we saw, Trey, I love the repave of Atlanta. I'll start with that. I think it's really, really great stuff down there. Yeah, I think it was Junior that talked about this is the ticket to get. I'm going to start looking into getting tickets to one of the races next year down there in Atlanta because I thought the racing for for what we got, we didn't get the full race, but from what we got was awesome. I would have ranked it probably the top race of the year for me. Super exciting throughout the pack. There was people coming and going and all over the place. There was action. Now, I think some of that action came from the impending weather that the drivers knew about. So they knew that they didn't have the full race to get to the front. Um, but it, it made for some some awesome racing. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Unfortunately, it is cut short. This is two weeks straight of some bad weather breaks for NASCAR and having to make some difficult calls, whether it be the delay pushing Chicago and then the inevitably short, um, shortened race length in Chicago. And this last week we got – um, obviously a rain uh, shortened race. So tough break there for NASCAR, but I think it doesn't take anything away from what happened on track in Atlanta. And unfortunately for us, Trey, it works out that we had our two guys. This is kind of two weeks in a row. I think we were looking really good for Chicago too, but the best two cars on the track were Brad Kislowski and Ryan Blaine. We picked those guys to win. Yeah. I mean, I definitely saw it with Kislowski there after the pit stop with what was that about right at the end of stage two there. So about 20 laps left. Um, he got four tires and he was up to six when the, when the caution came out and stayed out uh, for the rain there, he was dominant and Ryan Blaney wasn't too far behind him. And before the, before all that, they were the cars to beat. They were running one, two for a lot of it, uh, going back and forth there, pushing each other. So I think if we would have saw this race go the distance or even just a couple more laps, they would have been uh, battling for the win again. Yeah, I agree. And that kind of comes back to the question you're trying, did NASCAR get it right? Uh, and I don't see any other way around it. It's just unfortunate. NASCAR can't control the weather. I know there were some mixed opinions I saw online, especially on Twitter where people like to be vocal. Um, I just don't know what more they could have done. The rain was coming. Uh, that kind of super speedway tr- style track, we saw what happened in Atlanta and bunched everything up, turned into a parking lot. So, I mean, Trey, do you think there's anything more NASCAR could have done? Should they have run this a few more laps? So my biggest issue comes with the caution came out at the end of stage two with five to go and they decided rightfully so they decided they didn't want to open pit road until the end of the stage. So they ran five laps under caution there before they even opened up pit road. So that was an extended caution that in my opinion, and I don't know where the rules lie, but this is just purely from a fan perspective. They should have just ended the stage right at the end of that caution. That was your position and then allowed the pit road to open shortly thereafter once they had the wreck kind of cleaned up um, and maybe would have given us another five, 10 minutes worth of racing um, before they the eventual caution and, and rain came. On the back end, when they started, when they ran all the caution laps uh, there in stage three before they threw the red flag and brought them down uh, pit road, I don't know if there was much that they could do because as, as you said, we saw it in Daytona last year that as soon as that rain would have started, those cars would have been slipping and sliding everywhere, could have seriously gotten someone hurt. So I don't know if they had a ton of options there. And then the only other one is maybe starting the race a little bit earlier, um, you know, 15 or 20 minutes earlier. Uh, but th- this is all just, uh, I guess, in in hindsight, when you see like there could have been more action and maybe the best cars weren't at the front at the end. NASCAR couldn't have predicted that. So I don't think they necessarily got it wrong but maybe some adjustments they can make in the future. 
Yeah, definitely tough. Just a tough situation. I think it's, you know, everything is so plausible in a vacuum, but in real time, um, you know, with your TV deals and what your and what your start times are, you know, that's all predetermined. And, you know, sometimes it's just not going to work out. And unfortunately, I think it led to a car that was not the best car winning. I mean, William Byron certainly always has speed week in and week out, but he was definitely a winner because of how things shaked out there at the end of the race, shortened race, pit, whatever, staying out. But nonetheless, it's five playoff points, and it's a win for William Byron. It's win number four. Is there any way that William Byron does not make the championship four, Trey, is kind of my question to you. Because for me personally, I think point-wise, he's guaranteed to make it at least a couple rounds, just off the top of my head. But I think that William Byron is just on his way to having a potentially championship year. And it seems like there's a car every year, specifically from Hendrick, that's able to kind of break that mold and you know hit its stride. But I think it also... In July last year, we all thought this was going to be cup number two for Chase Elliott. So they're hot right now. They've brought speed to the tree tr- track week in and week out. But, man, it just seems like there's no way Willie B ain't going to Phoenix competing for a championship to me right now. I mean, I could certainly see it happening. My issue is some of the maybe lack of experience from, from Byron coming into this year. He only had four race wins. So will he have it, you know, once we get down to those final eight cars, will he have it? enough speed um, to maybe get himself in victory lane that week. We've seen some, he's been fortunate based on pitch strategy, based on weather strategy uh, to get some wins this year, which doesn't take anything away from him. Um, It just, when push comes to shove there at the end, I don't know if he'll have it, but you can never count out the 24. You can never count out any car from Hendricks. So wouldn't be shocked, but I don't know if I necessarily think he, he will be there, but would, would like it. I actually don't mind the 24. Yeah, I mean, I don't really particularly root for Hendrick too much um, in, in any light. But um, I think Willie's got a really, really fast car week in and week out. And this is a stretch where they typically are not as fast. I think he's admittedly, uh, you know, came to terms with the fact they have not been great in summer stretch uh, often. Um, and then this is a year that they're now leading the points. They have the most wins in the series, and you know maybe they stole one. They kind of did, but it's a win at the end of the day. And going into New Hampshire this week, a lot of momentum following that 2014 going. Uh, I think there's seven races before the playoffs, so opportunities are plenty. But uh, we mentioned last week the NASCAR was going back to more of one of their historical tracks, more of a grassroots type oval track in Atlanta. Much of the same this week in New Hampshire, coming up north to the Magic Mile. But this is a JGR track. I don't know what gonna what's going to happen here for the Chevys, Trey, but, man, they're, they're looking pretty tough from JGR up there north. Yeah, the Toyotas have always kind of dominated this race. I think JGR has eight or nine wins over, over the course of, of NASCAR being here. Um, you know, pretty standard mile track. I think it's actually just, just over a mile in, in actual length. But certainly one that doesn't, you know, necessarily pop out on the schedule, uh, at least to me. But I, I think we could see some pretty exciting racing this weekend. Well, I mean, I won't say that last year was a, a race to to never forget, but it, tell you what, it was a pretty pretty interesting race, especially when you watched what Christopher Bell was able to do so many times, end up winning handsomely in that race for all the issues that he had. Um, but I, I just I like this style of racing that we get there. Looks like the next gen car has been pretty good there. I know NASCAR's bringing a new tire allegedly to this this track so i don't i'm excited to see what at least that brings um because this is more on the shorter track side where nascar's had problems 
for the whole life of the next gen to this point. So hopefully a step in the right direction there. But this is just a track that I typically enjoy. And man, I mean, as a as a Gibbs fan, it's a track that you like to see because you're successful at. So I think that all four of those teams are going to bring a fast race car. And man, I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out on Sunday. Yeah, I, I definitely think that uh, Toyota especially, but Joe Gibbs racing uh, will probably end up in victory lane. I'm not exactly sure which one of the four, but we can kind of get into our picks here in a minute. Um, but this brings us back to some day racing. The last couple of weeks, we've had the night racing in uh, Atlanta and Chicago. Just curious to see kind of how you feel about that, because we've discussed it. And my I have mixed emotions on the night racing, because I like it because kind of allows you to get through your day and then have something to look forward to. But as we saw the last two weeks, as soon as there is a little bit of weather or whatever it happens to be, any kind of delay, it starts pushing it late into the night or possibly having to to shorten the race. Yeah, no, from that perspective, it's definitely, definitely sucks. Um, From a fan's perspective, there's two angles that NASCAR has pursued. I think one that you touched on was – for me, I like to have the Sunday, right? I like to be able to, to do something before the race. Um, and I always just make it work on the race time. But it is nice when you can come home and it's kind of like the last thing you do of the day. And you kind of go into the night and out of the weekend watching the race. And I do enjoy that. And I appreciate the effort from NASCAR on that. And two, I know that they touched on tack, uh, track temperature and just how hot it is for the fans that are going to these races. And, you know, Atlanta in the middle of July can get pretty hot understandably. So putting it at night is a little more viewer friendly for those in the stands. But that being said, I I agree with what you said. You run into these issues of when the race can end and can you get it restarted? Chicago was weird because you have the leasing and all that because it's literally in downtown Chicago. But for Atlanta, you know, the race went official. They didn't want to, you know, nobody likes to spend extra time at the racetrack because there's already another race weekend coming. But you certainly, you pigeonhole yourself a little bit when you're putting yourself in a situation where you basically have to run it green or you're not going to finish the whole thing in that weekend. And that sucks, but I'm excited to see New Hampshire during the day. I think it's going to get slicked up a little bit. Hopefully the weather stays clear. I know. Was it New Hampshire a couple of years ago where half the JGR field went into the wall coming into turn? I think it was Bush. It was either that or Dover. I can't remember, but either way, hopefully the weather stays up and clear because two weeks in a row, I think not only as a fan, you feel cheated, but I know our picks have been, been screwed to the wall having that happen so hopefully it stays green yeah speaking of our picks hopefully this weekend we we stay green so that uh when we inevitably pick the best cars again obviously that's just what Mm -hmm. we do here automatic um that 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 they actually get into victory lane so we can hop into that kyle i think we discussed a little bit beforehand that i think we both are kind of feeling the same winner this weekend and that's the the 20 of christopher bell he's been dominant at this at this track he um I think I saw a stat that in all of his NASCAR career, so that's trucks, Xfinity, and now in the Cup Series, he's finished first or second in like every race except for one, and it was like his first year in Cup that he uh, started kind of back of the pack, drove his way all the way up, blew a tire, drove his way up again, and then blew another tire, and that took him completely out of the race. So he knows how to run this track, and just JGR in general is is always good here. So I, I'm going to take the 20 of Chris Rubel. Yeah, and, and we had talked about this um, prior, and Trey and I have not been – we've we've agreed on some stuff, but we've not been adamant that we were both going with the same guy to this point in Episode 8, but there's just no argument for picking anyone other than Christopher Bell 
Martin Truex Jr. led a lot of laps last year. I think up over 150 at least, but he's not Christopher Bell. That last run, I remember watching it last year. It was like he was on a freaking monorail. Like he just weren't stopping him. He was straight to the front. And if it wasn't for his car blown up, who knows by how, how many seconds he would won. I think he still won by like five, which has been hard to do in the next gen. So I'm saying Christopher Bell, I, I we do try to keep it a little dissimilar, but this week it's the 20 for sure. Moving into our top three of five, Trey, where do you find yourself on that spectrum? Yes, I'm going to take another JGR car, but probably not one that you guys are anticipating. I'm going to take Ty Gibbs in the 54 to run his way into the top five. It actually wouldn't shock me, and I know I have Chris Rubell, and I know he's been dominant. It wouldn't shock me to see Ty Gibbs in victory lane to get his, his first win uh, in, in the Cup Series. But then another guy that has historically run well at at New Hampshire is my guy from last week, Brad Kozlowski, and I think he, he'll find himself in the top five. Yeah, I think that that is a pretty solid. And it's kind of a home race for them, being that they have the Fenway element. Um, not that they have elements in New Hampshire, but being in the Northeast, that's a presence that they're certainly going to want to perform in. And man, I just want to see Brad be successful in that six. I, I really do. And he's having a great year. So I would I would like to see a good finish from him. As for myself, I think the, the answer is just the Gibbs cards. Uh, the three cards I'm going to say were in the top six last year. Uh, and there were some pit issues that led to even that happening. So Hamlin, Truex, and Bell is my top three. And my long shot going to Toyota as well. Not a Gibbs car, but Bubba Wallace, I believe he finished in the top five last year, plus 3,000. So all it's all Toyota this week, but I really do think it's going to pan out that way. No, I, I think that those are all great picks. It's hard, like we've said throughout this whole show, it's hard to steer away from the from the Gibbs cars. Um, my long shot, though, is uh, Austin Sendrick, just a guy that I, I think I picked him as my long shot a couple weeks ago. I just... Don't see a guy driving the two for Penske there to to not get a win throughout the year and be, you know, one win now a year and a half into his his Cup Series career. So I, I wouldn't be shocked there. Once again, it's a long shot, so certainly not a financial uh, uh, advertisement for anyone to go and bet on him. Yeah, but Put the more mortgage on Cinder, <laughs> you heard it here. Yeah, um, I agree with that. But it looks like there's some momentum with that team. They were running up front. Obviously, the Fords always seem to work well together on the super speedway, no matter where we're at. But typically, we have not seen a ton from Cindric, and it's nice to see him up front because I know he's got his ties with Penske. But man, that is their flagship car, and they're going to want to see that up towards the front soon. So I think that's a great pick. I think I've even gone with Cindric as a long shot. I think we both expect him at some point to just be up front. But uh, super excited for this week in New Hampshire. We'll get into this week's questions a couple good ones we've been compiling them as i mentioned um from our dms from our twitter conversations i do encourage you guys to hit us with the hashtag talking stock and our replies we'll try and feature you guys on the show as always if you'd like to remain a little more private you can use our dms those are open as well so the first question is trey what is your favorite nascar memory yeah so we touched upon my family always going uh to the coke 600 uh up until just a couple years ago uh but my favorite memory of being at the Coke 600, I was probably seven or eight. I had gone to the the race the year prior um, because we had an extra ticket. I think my grandfather didn't go that year. Um, and the whole week leading up to, to this that year, uh, my parents were like, no, you're not going to the cup race. Like You'll get to go to the, the Xfinity race. We'll get to take part in all the other festivities that they had going on. But you'll have to watch the cup race at home. Well, as a kid that I, you know, told them I was good, 
but I wasn't. So as soon as they left, I started crying. So they were thinking and they were walking. They finally found somebody selling tickets. Uh, my dad had to borrow money off of one of the guys that they were with because he had, you know, just enough money to, to buy some stuff at the, the trap, not necessarily for a Coke 600 ticket. So they bought that. My cousin ran down from the top of the hill, down to our trailer, picked me up, carried me on his back all the way up the hill to meet up with the family um, before we headed head into the track. So that that's definitely one that I can just vividly picture him lifting me up, putting me on his back, running up the hill and like just being really confused as to what happened. But yeah. Yeah. That's a whirlwind. That's an awesome story as well. I've never heard that. That's uh that's great. And I mean, for myself, I can tell you what my least favorite is. I was a freaking Pocono a couple of years ago and Hamlin <laughs> ran out of gas on the last lap um, and ended up losing to, to Kyle Busch, uh, your boy. Um, but probably my favorite was, um, you know, you don't see your, your favorite driver win too often. This was last year. We went down uh, together to Richmond, Trey, um, with uh, Trey's family and, uh, you know, it was super welcome on that trip. And uh, it was really a lot of fun. And eventually, um, great call by Chris Gabart. I got to see Denny Hamlin win in the home track at Richmond. So that was pretty awesome to see. I'd probably say that's my favorite, at, at least at track memory for sure. But great question there. Last question. With the 2023 nominees announced today, who are your picks for the upcoming Hall of Fame class? And for those who don't know, as far as the modern ballot was concerned, Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss were both announced. And then for the Pioneer ballot, Donnie Allison was added. So, Trey, I'll put it up to you first. You get to choose two from the from the the modern ballot, which is Bonnet, Brewer, Burton, Edwards, Gant, Hyde, Johnson, Canals, Phillips, and Rudd. And your pioneer ballot, you get Donnie Allison, Ard, Foyt, Matthews, and Moody. So, Trey, what's your picks here? Yeah, I would think my heart tells me that Jimmy Johnson and Chad Canals are going to go in together, and this would be the year. Seven time champ, you don't. He doesn't see the ballot more than for one year before going in. So that's what my heart tells me. I think guys, all the guys on the ballot are definitely worthy. I think guys like Ricky Rudd and Carl Edwards, they could definitely find themselves in the Hall of Fame at one point, but I, I don't think that this is their year. I think that this is Jimmy Johnson and Chad Ganaus' year um, from the modern ballot. I think guys like uh, A.J. Foyt could find themselves from the Pioneer ballot, uh, but Sam Ard is one that sticks out. You know, Pioneer, maybe not so much in the Cup Series. I think he only had a couple of cup series races uh based on, on some research there but he was a pioneer in the bush series i think he was a two-time champ there and really kind of brought that to prevalence um sorry the xfinity series but at the time the bush series um but yeah so i'm gonna say jimmy johnson chad ganaus and sam or make it in this year yeah i i'm gonna have to agree with you on the first two i mean you're probably not only talking about the best duo but individually, you can make the argument that they're the two best of what they've done, respectively. Um, and it's almost like this, you'd like to say that one would not be the other without the other one. And, man, I don't see any way that you don't send Johnson and Canals in one, two uh, from that ballot. Even though I, I you mentioned Ricky Rudd, I think the rooster gets in. Burton, the mayor, is, I mean, he gets in eventually. Carl Edwards, a fan favorite, he gets in. And then you have, you know, handsome uh, – uh, handsome Harry Gant, you know, he gets in freaking school bandit. Come on. Eventually he gets in uh, even Neil Bonnet, you know, um, a tragic loss there, but not this year. It's going to be, it's going to be Johnson and Canals for sure. But on the pioneer level, I mean, people talk about Wayne Moody a lot. Um, 
Donnie Allison, obviously the whole Alabama gang means a lot, a lot to a lot of people. Um, but I think it's AJ Foyt. I think he goes this year. He's just not only a NASCAR legend, but a motorsports legend. And I would probably, I'd probably put Foyt in. Yeah. Yeah. If it's not Sam Art, I, I think it's going to be Foyt just from, as you put it, he's a pioneer in the sport. I, you know, obviously it's the pioneer, pioneer ballad. So it's maybe not necessarily guys that have the biggest and most impressive stats, but guys that changed the sport forever. And I think, you know, Foyt did that in, in not just NASCAR, but in all of motorsports. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's a good pick. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, that whole list is just, I mean, those guys are all Hall of Fame worthy. Um, but that's, I mean, you're, when you're talking about the best of the best, man, seven, seven championships help you put that in that conversation. But I think that was a great question as well. A perfect way to wrap up the show, have a little bit of debate, get some fresh ideas in here. But as always, be sure to check us out on Twitter at Talking Stock Pod. We want to know what you guys are rooting from or where you're rooting for and all that jazz. So let us know what's going on. Hit us up in the DMs, get some questions to us, and enjoy New Hampshire. Mm-hmm.